Balancing a business and a family while super rewarding is never easy. It's even harder when you have major life changes like a pandemic, a new baby, or for me this year, my youngest child has gone off to college. Today, I'm going to share the five phases my photography business has gone through over the last two decades and what to pay attention to so you can keep growing into a business that fits your life, no matter what your family life currently looks like. So the real question is, how are portrait photographers like us able to run a profitable business and still put our families first without selling digital files for cheap and working all the time? I'm Sarah Petty, your host of the Worth Every Penny Joycast, and I went from a stressed out, overworked mama with three babies to being named one of America's most profitable photographers without working my kids' lives away. Each week, I'll show you how to find and serve boutique portrait photography clients in a world where we compete with free thanks to everyone having a digital camera in their pocket. Take the first step to adding more joy and profit to your life by downloading your free photography business tools at joyofmarketing.com forward slash podcast. As I'm entering this new phase of my life, sort of an empty nester, I took some time to look back at all the times in my life and my career. I've had to sort of recreate what my work-life balance looks like and the changes in mindset, the changes in habits that I've had to make over these years. And when I was doing that, I thought, you know what, this might be able to help you, especially this time of year. I know this is the time of year we look at, okay, soon we're starting with a fresh, clean slate. I want to have a better year. But sometimes we tell ourselves, oh gosh, my kids are too young. I'm going to wait till next year to go all in on my business or whatever the story is about your family that you're telling yourself. And I really want to challenge that because no matter how old your kids are or how many you have and what phase of life you're in, this is the perfect time to start your business. Now, you always hear me talk about family first. Well, I grew my photography business with three babies under three. <laughs> and each of these five phases of life brought adjustments because every phase brings totally new challenges. So as my family and my business have grown up together, I've had to shift gears many times as a mama and as a business owner. While it's never really easy, I do think we get better at it. And you know, the only way to get better at something is to jump in, take action, and do it. So here are the lessons that I want to share with you. Phase number one, this was when I had three babies under three, well, really to start, I just had the twins and I went all in on my photography business. I left my full-time job as a marketing director of an ad agency and I knew I wanted to build this business and I didn't want to stay chained to the golden handcuffs, which really is where, you know, people use that saying when they're in a job making really good money that they want to leave. And I did love my job. I love the people I worked with, but we worked a lot. That's just how I'm wired. If I'm going to do something, I want to go all in and I want to do a great job. And 
I loved my twin babies so much more. So I decided I'm going to go all in on this hobby that it was really a hobby. It wasn't a jobby yet. It was, you know, just this thing I did for fun. And I think a lot of you probably are in that place now where you think, oh, it's my hobby. I can't make money doing it, right? Because everyone has a camera. They can take their own. So I had to figure out, all right, how am I going to do this? Make money and be the best mom that I can be. So my family life in phase one looked like this, started with just the twins, and I knew I needed at least some kind of child care. My father was an entrepreneur, and I just know that you can't run a business with two babies on your lap full time without any help. It's, it's unrealistic to expect, right? Your business is a baby too. It needs love and care and nurturing, but I also didn't want to be full time. So I started with about two days of childcare because I had twins first and they were preemies. It was about the same cost to have someone come to my house as scheduling in a a daycare facility, which I was glad because they were preemies and I didn't want them around germs. My husband, we call him bubble wrap Joe Petty. He didn't want anyone (laughs) breathing on them like a museum. You could walk in and look at them across the room. (laughs) Those are the babies. He literally didn't want anyone touching them or breathing on them. So we had to, we had to warm him up to that idea. But I knew that if I was going to be respected as a professional, I couldn't reschedule people willy-nilly. And having come from the ad agency, I knew that to get respect, I needed to run a real business, a professional business. And you can do that from home part-time, but you have to do things a certain way. I also knew I wanted to stop making $75 per client and... Because of this, I never treated my business like it wasn't important. I wore pantyhose at my first job, right? And I knew that, especially women, but all young people, we had to work harder to be respected because we were young. We didn't have the experience yet. And we didn't, I think a lot of us, we don't know what we're doing. And so I knew that I had to run a really strong business. I knew to cancel on someone because they didn't have a babysitter that day was not going to get me respected or build my brand. So when I say family first, I don't mean run a sloppy business. I mean, put your family on the calendar first, put your business on the calendar second, and then stick to that schedule. So this was really the biggest success strategy for me in phase one. It was making sure I had backups to my sitters, backups, and backups to those backups so that I could take my business seriously and I could show up and I could over deliver for my clients. It was hard. It was scary, right? Because I'm bringing someone into my house to take care of my babies. It was very, very scary. But as my twins started walking a little bit, doing activities, and then we had Grace, but the little twins went to preschool during this phase. And oh my gosh, that's when we went from a man to man to a zone. (laughs) So we went from having one baby each to having one and a half each. And uh, it got really crazy. But that strategy of just making sure that I had childcare for when I had working hours, that was my biggest strategy that really served me. That was my personal side. Let me talk about the business and what it looked like. I was working two to three days a week. I went from shooting outside to realizing, okay, I live in the Midwest. Winters are cold with no leaves on the trees. So I got a little cheap light kit and I started shooting in my basement, but my basement had, oh my gosh, 
like seven foot ceilings. And so it was really hard. Adults couldn't stand up for the photos. So what would that be? Even lower, but whatever the reason, it was very, very low ceilings in the basement. So luckily I photographed kids. It worked. But then I had the opportunity to rent a little studio space next to a local photo lab. He said, hey, Sarah, photographers are mad at me for having this this photo studio that kind of competes with them. So I'd love to rent it to you. I'll give it to you for 300 bucks a month, no commitment. So if it doesn't work out, no worries. I'm not out anything. Well, I was excited at that because I thought, oh my gosh, 300 bucks. I can totally make that much money. So I got everything together, painted it, made it look cute. Didn't have any money to put into it. Had bars on the windows. It's not in a nice part of town. But I had this massive grand opening on August 30th, 2001 two weeks before 9-11. Yeah, great time to open a business. But I knew that I had to get out of my house, that I couldn't have three babies hanging on me when I was photographing. I needed that separation. And it was nice because I didn't have to go in every day. I didn't have employees or anything, but I could finally separate sort of work. I could go to work and then I could come home and be a mom. I love not having my work laying around the house negatives because that was back in, in neg, the days of negs. Um, and I, I just liked, you know, keeping that mess at, at the studio and then coming home and not having that, you know, and also that, that tug of like, oh, let me just run over here and work on this. It was, it was nice. When I opened that first studio too, is when I realized that boutique is the only way to go. And it wasn't really that called that there wasn't anyone teaching it. It wasn't a thing. But I relied on my ad agency experience to shift that model and I became immediately profitable. I had to change everything about my business because I was getting referred and I was getting all these clients, but I was so cheap, I wasn't making any money. And you can't just raise prices and still be a fast food restaurant like McDonald's, which I was. I needed to change everything about my business. Things still weren't super smooth at this point, but they were growing. I was learning lessons. I was contributing to my family's income. I was quickly replacing my ad agency income, even very part-time. I could feel the immediate benefit as the orders kept going up. At this point, they were kind of like a heartbeat, right? I'd have like a high one and then I'd have a really low one. So they weren't stable yet, but I kept having higher and higher, but then they would be offset with lower and lower because they didn't have a system. I didn't know why some were high, some were low. And so that took me several years to figure out, but I was excited because I was having some higher orders. I learned to be frugal because this was the phase where I had more time but I didn't have a lot of money. So I spent a lot of my time doing creative projects. I made Christmas decorations. I refinished old furniture. I painted and decorated my house in creative ways because I like a house that doesn't look like everyone else's anyway, right? Like the furniture store that somebody went and just bought the whole showroom. I wanted that creative look. And so I was busy, put the babies to bed. I was painting and doing fun projects. I never got as much sleep as I wanted, but I loved every minute of the chaos. I didn't have any employees. It was just me, but my revenue popped over six figures barely about a year after I opened that first studio. So I was by myself and I had to learn some hard lessons, struggling along and just being determined to figure it out. When I opened that studio, I increased my prices very significantly. Like I doubled them four times. And so it was nice. I was finally profitable and I felt that extra money coming in, which was nice. Um, but the coolest part was I started attracting right fit clients who were loving what I was doing and they were investing and they were gushing on me and they were referring me. 
This is when I got my Julie, right? My first right fit client. And when I got her, she came and invested $1,800. I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I know this can work. So I don't have a ton of records in my software from that time. So I could go dig out all the old negatives from my mom's attic. <laughs> but I would say I probably had 40 to 50 clients a year in those first couple years, right? Because I had some high orders and then I had some low orders. This was a time that I also made two really pivotal decisions in my business. And if you haven't made them, you might want to consider them. One was to make my eight by tens and smaller the same price. I'd wanted to do that. I heard someone else say that they'd done it and I was so scared. Remember, there weren't digitals yet. So people were still buying four by sixes, five by sevens, wallets, things like that. But when I did that, hardly anybody ever asked about it. I had one or two people in the transition. But what was amazing is I stopped attracting people who went right to my pricing looking for those small prints. And that's what they were looking for. We both realized it wasn't a good fit. And I became okay with that. Because I don't know, I didn't date a lot, but I'd rather not go out with someone that isn't going to be a good fit. I'd rather just know it up front than go spend the whole evening not having fun with someone while I had a roommate who was so much fun. We lived by a fraternity off campus and anybody who needed a date, they'd come grab her and she would just go and have fun, not even meaning to date them, but she would just be their date. And I thought, oh, there's no way I want to do that. I just value my time so much. And so I decided that as a mom too, like I don't want to leave my kids to photograph someone else's kids if all they want are a few small prints. So that was a big one. And then the second thing is I stopped scheduling clients nights or weekends. I know that sounds crazy because when I was working full time and I was doing this as a hobby, I shot nights and weekends. I didn't have kids yet. I loved working hard. It was no big deal. So I immediately had to completely change. And I first started out by charging an extra session fee because I was too scared to say no. And when I realized, gosh, that extra session fee, even if it was, I think it was like 25 or $35 more for some reason, greatly discouraged people. And then I got to a point where I had a session one night and it was a beautiful fall chilly night and my family just made a fire and they were all snuggled up by the fire and being so cute. And I went and had a session. I was so mad. The whole time I just kept thinking, I just want to be home with my family. And that's when I made the decision. I'm not going to do it anymore. So I just pretty much said, no, I don't do it. And photographers tell me, oh, no one will come to me. Guys, I, I tell them, hey, you take a day off to go to the doctor, to go golfing. You can find time to come during the day. You just can because it's worth it because what we do is so amazing and people make it work. A couple times I've done it on a Saturday, but I have a $2,500 upfront minimum and really that should go up. But the only people I say yes to are people who are great clients and they have family in say from outside the US and that's the only time they can do it. I will do that. And especially now going into this next phase of my life where my kids are gone, I may consider doing it again. But for me, that was a big change that really has served me greatly. And I guess even though it was scary, I realized with both of those decisions, they were the best things I could do for my business and for me personally. And so all I had to do was figure out how to make it a benefit to the clients. And then I kept getting better and better and better clients. So if you're afraid to make some of these hard decisions, stop. Like I can teach you that, <laughs> but don't sit in a life that you're not loving 
just because you're afraid to make that change because you can change your business in any way that you want so that it serves you and your clients. So that was phase one. Phase two, my family life was uh, getting a little, I don't know if easier is the word, but my bigs were five and started going to kindergarten and Grace was a toddler in preschool. And so once they started going to school, it kind of changed my nanny needs. I sort of more had to have childcare after school. And then of course, Grace went pretty quickly after that, but I had active, busy, little, little people. Um, my business was interesting because I'd been figuring out the boutique model and realized I needed to get out of the studio I was in. The road had closed. It wasn't the safest neighborhood and I was all by myself. And I was actually approached by the landlord of an outdoor shopping center, really cute little brick with ivy growing on it, cute outdoor shopping place. He had the party room of a restaurant open. The restaurant wasn't making it and he was trying to help the guy offset his rent. And I thought, well, hey, it's not that much more. It's still a very, very small space. So I packed up, moved to this one room, no bathroom, no closet, literally one room. <laughs> and I had a grand opening and this was on 555. I don't know why, but I remember weird dates and I like having events on memorable dates. So I'll remember, but it was Cinco de Mayo in 2005. As far as revenue, I was at about 235,000 a year and I realized I needed an employee. So this is when I added my first full-time employee and I realized, whoa, if I'm paying her every two weeks, I need to pay myself. So while I had taken money out of the business, I never took a steady paycheck. So this is when I began direct depositing that paycheck, which is very scary, right? Not that you can't call the bank and say, hey, there's no money there, so pause it, but I did not wanna do that. I'm competitive and I was paying her and so I was determined that there was money to pay both of us. So before that, again, I just sort of let the money build up and I'd grab it when I needed it, usually to pay property taxes or pay off Christmas bills, but I was not even in that studio for a year. And in March, I'd barely paid off the build out, the wall we built in the space. And another office space or building space a couple doors down opened up and it was three times the space. And I thought, you know what? I need the more space. And so I packed up again and my one employee and I moved three doors down, tripling the space. This was nice. We had, we had to build like one wall just so that when people walked in, they didn't walk into the camera room. And then there was the camera room. And then we had a small office. We had a small closet and we had a restroom with like a little, you can't even call it a kitchen. It was like a sink. <laughs> it had been a hair salon before. Um, and so we painted and made it cute, put in new floors, some carpet, and so it wasn't super expensive, but I stayed there 10 years. So it was scary. My rent tripled. I think my rent was about $2,500 per month. And uh, it was a good, safe place for me. I think I had to sign a three-year lease. And again, ended up being there about 10 years. But this is where we sort of started dreaming about building a business for my husband and me as well, where we would put both of our businesses together in one building but we were so busy now with three kids and growing the business and doing all those things. So we kind of just kept that as a dream, but we knew it was a goal. 
I think the biggest success strategy for me in stage two was getting good at the business part and understanding the financial part. I had hired a mentor back then who was amazing. She's retired now, but I credit a lot of my business experience to her. She was excellent and so taught me how to read my financial statements. Even though I had an MBA, it's different when you're making your business decisions on your business. So once I mastered that and I learned the numbers, then it was like having the answers to the calculus test and figuring out, okay, how do I get to that answer? With my students, I always say new level, new devil, because once you solve one problem in your business, like getting to six figures, there's another problem coming. And that's why I think it's so important always to have a mentor. I learned the answers to what's next is always in the numbers. I had an employee, I had rent. The numbers showed me how to keep cash flow coming in so I knew I could pay everybody and pay all of the bills. But they also taught me how to make decisions like, can I grow? Can I hire? Can I build? How how do I know how to have all these answers? Because if you are thinking or dreaming about a studio, a retail space, renting, building, buying, if you don't know your numbers, stop. You're going to put a lot of pressure on yourself and potentially jeopardize your family and your security by not knowing the answers. I literally felt like it was it was really having the answers to the calculus test and then figuring out, okay, how many sessions do I need to do at what average to get what I need to make all of the numbers add up at the end? And I really started loving this. That's why I love coaching photographers because I had to learn all these lessons. I had to learn how to get my first 50 grand and then 100 and then 200 and then 300 and then 400, right? I had to learn all of those lessons and hiring and outsourcing and adding framing. Um, At this phase, we were outsourcing framing to a really cool local fine artist. I started with her when I opened that first studio and my clients would meet me there. I decided everybody would have their artwork framed And so it wasn't until halfway through the second location when I sat down and I realized one year I'd paid her $90,000. And I thought, wow, she's amazing and excellent and phenomenal. But ah, I'd had Andrea in who's now with me. She was a, a college student. She came in for a job shadow day and we just loved her and wanted to hire her. And she had framing experience. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I could bring framing in house, I could actually hire her. And so I did. I had to make that hard business decision and end that relationship with this woman that I loved who had taken great care of me. But at the end of the day, I was giving so much of that profit away. I was investing in the marketing. I was going out and getting the clients and just spoon feeding her all this profit that I needed to run my business. So just know that sometimes you have to make those hard decisions. And so we were able to bring Andrea on and with that money also build out an entire framing studio or like kind of a frame shop. So in my my husband's building, we owned it. He developed a little strip mall that we own and I put the frame shop in there. So we bought a mounting press and a glass cutting machine and we, we gang purchased frame, um, frames from a company and we would get it free shipping. We'd buy by the semi load. So when you buy by the semi load, you wouldn't have to pay shipping, which saved us 50% of the order. So when you buy frames, half of it, half of that cost is in shipping. And so it afforded us the opportunity to grow that part of our business as we were, you know, bringing Andrea on. She was also a photographer. She was a great editor and retoucher. And so I had two employees at this time, which was amazing. 
We were open four days a week at this point. We would tell people Tuesday through Friday. We also worked Monday, but we didn't answer the phone or schedule employees because we had to get the work done. So that was a really important change I made during that time. We popped up to over like 75 to 130-ish clients over those 10 years. And as I grew, every year I would look at how many clients did I do in each segment? How many seniors? How many babies? How many families? And I was always looking at my numbers saying, oh my gosh, I need to raise prices here. Or I need to do more location sessions. Whatever it was, I would look at the numbers and I would make decisions trying to get that number under 100 sessions with higher, higher, higher averages. I wanted $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 averages, which we ended up getting. My averages, because I keep getting amazing clients and serving them so hard, they just keep ordering more, right? They just keep ordering more. And in these 10 years, I really fine-tuned my serving system. We always say, if we serve hard, we sell easy. Like I don't have to do any pushy, yucky, manipulative things to get my clients to buy these large amounts. They just love it. They love the process. We're creating this artwork for their homes and they love, love, love it. And nobody's doing that. People now are just giving digital files. So there is such a tremendous gap between all these competitors. I don't even look at them as competitors, these shoot and burn photographers who are giving all the digital files away for a couple hundred bucks. I don't even consider them competitors because we don't do anything like that. So that was a fun phase, 10 years. I look back at all that money, quarter of a million dollars in rent, but I wasn't ready to take the risk and build yet or buy something. So I'm glad I didn't because my needs have changed over the years. That was phase two. You probably noticed I didn't cover all phases of growing a photography business that fits into your life this episode. But since this topic is so deep, I decided to break it into a two-part series. Be sure to tune in to episode 88 for part two to learn how you can have a photography business that fits into your life, no matter what your family life currently looks like. Hi, photographer friend. It's been another unpredictable year with a lot of unknowns. But one thing I know is that business has gone on for boutique photographers around the world. And they even had record profits in 2021 despite all the chaos. You're probably wondering, how do they do it? And that's what my entire three-day live virtual event, Go Boutique Live, is about showing you what is working right now from marketing to selling to what products clients are buying. Each day, you'll also hear from speakers I've curated who are world changers, bringing you proven training to help you get unstuck. Start moving forward, get out of your own way so you can achieve what you were made to do. Go Boutique Live is the world's only three-day live event just for boutique portrait photographers. And in 2022, Go Boutique Live is 100% virtual. That means you can literally be anywhere in the world and attend on February 15th, 16th, and 17th, 2022. We've hired Tony Robbins event team to bring you a live, interactive, immersive three-day virtual event. Not some three-day Zoom snooze fest. I'll be able to see you and interact with you while you're seeing me on a stage and all the other boutique photographers attending Go Boutique Live will be there right with you. These are unprecedented times, but the bright side of that is you have an unprecedented opportunity to get access of three full days of training on what's working now for boutique photographers without leaving home. 
You don't have to get a flight or a hotel and no risk of sickness. This is your chance to immerse yourself in everything boutique. So you can make big leaps in your photography business despite the unknown. Grab your ticket now before prices go up and we will sell out at www.goboutiquelive.com. That's goboutiquelive.com and I can't wait to see you there.